Welcome back to Proper Dictation with Sprite, Piper, and Grace. This episode is called, Are They the Problem? Here, we'll talk about how women are portrayed in literature. For some background information, the way that women have been written in literature is very reflective on how they were perceived throughout history. They're mostly portrayed as wives and mothers, or as like weak and feeble individuals that submit to the situations around them. They are expected to be passive, gentle, and caring, and most often are valued for how they looked and not what they did. They also have to accept authority without any choice of freedom or independence. And to add on to that, I would also like to say that women were commonly, and still to this day, are very heavily objectified throughout this period of time. And though women have more, and people overall have more commonly come forward to protest and speak their rights and their minds on the discrimination being held against women throughout history, um, it wasn't as common or legal back throughout these time periods where these books have taken place that we'll be discussing throughout the rest of the podcast. Um, as being said, we are going to be talking about the way that women were have been portrayed in literature and more specifically in A Streetcar Named Desire, Kite Runner, and Fences, and how women are necessarily portrayed as the problem. Okay, so to start off, we have A Streetcar Named Desire, and the two most important female characters portrayed throughout this book are the very alike yet indifferent sisters, Blanche Dubois and Stella Kowalski. Blanche is portrayed as a character with a lot of issues, but rather than a, but rather than sympathized, she is blatantly torn apart with accusations of lying, discretion, and adultery, which she happens to be guilty of. Blanche has always been an insecure girl, too preoccupied by her looks to have a care for how she receives what she has. She has always been a people pleaser throughout the book who tried to hide her age as she was very mentally ill after her husband commits suicide when his homosexuality had been discovered. And right after Blanche discovered the truth, she exclaimed she hated him. And following the husband's death, she has been surrounded by other death of her family and was left alone with riches, estates and assets and more inheritance, having no knowledge of how to properly maintain this lifestyle. And being unemployed, she has lost all property due to mortgage. And upon her arrival to, um, what was where, Desire what Street was or Bourbon Bourbon Street Bourbon Street Bourbon Street so yes eight thirty. Upon her arrival to the bowling alley, she is very eager to see her sister and almost in hysterics as she's trying to ramble on what's happened. Stella left Belle Reve a few years prior, following their father's death, and she hadn't returned to Belle Reve since. Stanley is very suspicious of Blanche off the initial introduction. As Blanche is taking a bath and cleaning up after her initial arrival to their apartment, he decides to go through her belongings and finds copious amounts of pearls, jewels, dresses, and other rich materials and fabrics that couldn't seemingly be possible if Stella had been living such a poor lifestyle and their sisters. So Stanley unfolds this forbidden information over time by searching through her belongings and questioning her insecure personality and behavior consistently. But he was only trying to protect Stella, right? Anyways, like her sister, 
Stella uses delusion as a coping mechanism when she is faced with the truth that she cannot admit to. She believes she has left a worse environment to a better one. Though that can't be told for sure, it seems as though she grew sick of having the responsibility of maintaining a lavish lifestyle and left her sister, who would have seemed like the perfect fit at the time, to take after every asset she inherited. Stella, having dependent behavior as well, became reliant on Stanley, her husband, who was the first male role to enter her life after her father's passing. She married him for the sake of feelings at the time, and that turned into a much darker picture once her marriage started and pregnancy began. Stella hinted at this as she told Blanche she broke through all the light bulbs in their apartment their wedding night with her shoe, and he is profusely called an animal throughout the book and he is the only working man in their household as he is about to support their next child. So following that information, Stanley has angry outbursts throughout the book and that goes to show what kind of maniacal character he becomes. That being said, this would be the warped male perspective coming from Stella Kowalski's husband, Stanley. This is how he views Stella, his own wife, as an object, someone that he can use, mishandle without any consequences, someone that he can take his anger out on because he's been working all day, someone that he can just come home and push around, make sure he has, the house is all fixed up for when his company is there. So that being said, Stanley views Blanche as maniacal, and manipulative and overall just conceited. So the last character being said and portrayed throughout the book would be Eunice, St uh, Stella and Stanley's neighbor who lives upstairs. She also has a very abusive husband and they can be heard breaking out into fights throughout the book where glass is being shattered. Eunice would run downstairs to the local bar and he would drag her, not drag her home, but he would bring her home, comforting her finally as she's crying. And when Blanche witnessed that for the first time, that was blown over by her sister as normal behavior. And that would be because she's experiencing the same exact lifestyle with Stanley. Okay, next book is Kilometers without a Mahran and are encouraged to stay at home. A male guardian that could be the woman's father, husband, brother, or son. To the rise of the Taliban, women in Afghanistan have had been protected under law and were making progress in Afghan society. Also in the book, The Kite Runner, the Taliban is also like in control of Afghanistan. Although it is said that in Islamic tradition, a woman has an independent identity and the Quran explicitly states that men and women are equal in the eyes of God, they are they, there are wifely duties in terms of their obligation to provide sex, which is prioritized over their obligations to reproduce and to mother children. Additionally, it is said that um, these are quotes: the woman should not deny her husband sexual pleasure for no genuine reason. She should not disobey him in any way except that which runs against the will of Allah. She should protect herself from any illicit act as well as protect her husband's properties in the home. Circling back to the kite runner, there was Soraya, who was Amir's wife. Um, 
Sophia's Amir's mother, but she died giving birth to Amir, which can show the lack of women's health care in Afghanistan. And then there's Sanabar, who's Hassan's mother. She abandoned Hassan after, soon after giving birth to him. And there's Farzana, who is Hassan's wife and Sorab's mother. In Husini's novel, the female characters are subjected to many cultural stereotypes that they're forced to abide by or they'll risk being alienated from their families and communities, leaving them with no support system. Uh, and then we get into Fences. Despite the mention of multiple women inside the book, Fences has very few female characters who actually appear. And during my segment, I'd like to go through the female characters seen in the novel and their importance. First, starting with Rose Maxson, the only female character that is seen in the play. Though while the others are only mentioned, Rose is a complex, strong woman who doesn't fall into the background. She is just as much a main character as Troy and Cory are. She's not an obstacle to Troy as he decides to confess his infidelity. She is a character who has a reaction and a response, and later makes the choice to raise the illegitimate child he and Alberta have. Speaking of Alberta, she is the second most prominent female character, but she is unfortunately written to be an obstacle, and as I mentioned before with Rose, she's never seen and is only brought up when Troy confesses, making her existence reliant on Troy's choices and what he does and doesn't say, so the audience wouldn't know if she existed if Troy didn't say anything. Alberta's character is never known. We don't know her appearance, last name, opinions, likes, dislikes, anything. She's just the woman Troy cheated with. Of course, there's also Bonnie and Miss Pearl. One what? is Lion's girlfriend who never visits Troy and Rose, and the other is Gabriel's landlord. These two are more just background characters. They have impacts on other characters like Miss Pearl, housing Gabriel, but they have no real effect on the main story. They're more just background characters that build up the background or flesh out the secondary characters. For instance, you can compare Bonnie and Lyon's relationship and their closeness to Troy and Rose, how they're struggling and have for a very long time. Okay, so that all being said, oh, this peaked. has been... Restart, an... restart you peaked. That, oh, that all... <laughs> you went, oh, you... Okay, there you go. <laughs> this all being said, this was another episode on... This has been an episode of... This has been an episode of Women's Portrayal in Literature from Proper Dictation by Grace... Sprite. And Piper. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Woo! Woo!